0: Welcome to The Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Belong, believe, and become. Belong to a church that loves you. Believe in the God who's bigger than you and become who God created you to be. If this is your first time at the gathering, we welcome you, thank you for being here. Would you take just one second and grab the green connect card in the seat back in front of you? Pull that out, just fill out some information and hand that into the Connection Center before you leave. We just wanna thank you for being here. We've got a small gift for you. Uh, We've got a few announcements. First of all, we had an awesome week here. How many of you were down at at downtown Columbus for General Council or Fine Arts? Anybody in the room? A couple people. We had a great time. Great services at Nationwide Arena. And what a privilege it was for here in Columbus to host this event. We had thousands and thousands of pastors, students, missionaries, leaders here in Columbus. And I, I know you guys already know this. But we have some incredible students here at The Gathering, talented students here at The Gathering. And so if you performed in fine arts this week, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I knew there was going to be a row right here. We've got Azzy back there, Mackenzie. And I want to let you know they all did incredible. I want to mention that Kendall's not in here, right? She's back in Kidsman, She's in nursery. And she got third overall in the nation in digital photography mobile junior category. And so we are so proud of her. Uh, We had uh, Mackenzie Kissinger, she had a callback for female vocal solo. That is an incredibly competitive category. Uh, And so we are just proud of every single one of them getting excellence and superiors and great um, great criteria, criticism, constructive criticism so that they can grow in their gifts. We don't do this just to say, I've got an award here. It's so that they can continue to grow in the calling that God has over their life. And so what a great weekend. And uh, we have coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, first, let me mention this. I, I know you also know this, but we have some really incredible youth coordinators here. And Anthony and Brittany were in, just incredible leaders this past week. They took off days of work to drive down and take our students for their categories, for services, and so we are so thankful for them. A shout-out and a plug for next Sunday night, 6 o'clock, right here. Uh, We're going to be here for all the students for our next uh, youth event. All right, now I'm going to move on. Uh, Mission trip. we have in less than, is it less than three weeks, right? I believe we are headed to Honduras, and it's exciting. We're going, 16 people are going to the City of Refuge in Honduras, And we wanna say a thank you to all that have given so that we can go, supported this group. If you would like to donate, we are looking to donate some toys, some clothes. Um, There's a list that we're gonna send out this week. Nikki, right here in the front, raise your hand, Nikki. She is in charge of the donations. She's got a a table right out there. If you want more information on that, please see here after service and we'll send an email uh, later this week. For more information, there's a lot of things going on. You want more information, you can go to our website, thegathering.online, you can go to our Church Center app, download the Church Center app, look up The Gathering Church Marysville, you can find us on there. You can give online, you can give with cash or check, in that black box in the back right. I'm going to pray over the offering, and then we're going to get into the message today. God, I thank you for this opportunity to worship you, to just to praise your name. It is always good to sing out praises to our God. And we worship you in song, and we worship you as we give. I pray that you would bless this offering. I thank you for those who are entrusting their finances to you. They're giving back what you already gave to us. So I pray a blessing over this offering and a blessing over this message as we read what the word of God says. Would it come alive today? Would it be not my words, your words, God, speaking to us? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's good to have you back here this morning. Did any of you enjoy Tim Enlow last week? A fantastic, he is a fantastic communicator of the Holy Spirit. The clarity with which he speaks, showing you from scripture the power, the practicality of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you missed it, I know sometimes we miss Sunday morning, I get that. And sometimes, you don't have to admit this to me, but I know you don't listen to the podcast afterwards. You know, I know sometimes you get busy, you don't watch the YouTube channel. If you watch or listen back to any sermon this year, please let it be Tim Enlow's on the Holy Spirit from last week. Do not, do not miss that one. It is incredibly important, and uh, we're excited. At the end of this year, November, we're going to have one more guest speaker on the Holy Spirit. His name is Ty Buckingham, and he will also do a phenomenal job uh, practically explaining the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, But today, we're back on track with our sermon series, our summer sermon series. Uh, we've been going through the different pieces of the armor of God. Our series has been called Suit Up. Suit up if you're familiar with the superhero movies, you know that when they are suiting up, putting on their armor, they're getting ready for a battle. Something's about to go down. And so we have looked over the past three weeks, we we've looked through the different parts of the armor. And then we had a great halftime with Tim Enlo last week. And now we're into the second half of the armor. There's actually a, a distinct difference between the first three parts of the armor and the second, uh, the second half of the armor. And so we've looked at the belt of truth. We've looked at the breastplate of righteousness. We've looked at the shoes of peace. We've talked about how there, there's an order to why we put things on in the order that we do. Before we put on righteousness, before we put on peace and salvation, we have to know the truth of where those things come from. Right? Righteousness does not come from me. Peace does not come from my possessions. Salvation does not become, come because of my works. The truth is it comes from God. Our peace is in God. Our righteousness is through God. Our salvation is through what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? And so we have to know the order. Truth comes first. Today, let's look through this passage one more time from Ephesians six thirteen through 17. Look at the difference between the first three and the last three. It says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So that's a full listing of the armor of God. If you've missed any of those three weeks, I encourage you to go check them out. But check out Tim Manlows first and then check those out. But do you notice there's a shift From the first three pieces of armor to the last piece, it says first, the first three, it says, put on, meaning clothe yourself. How many know when you put clothes on, they should stay on you, right, throughout the entire day? They don't come off at any point during that day, right? Keep on, put on, clothe yourselves in truth, in righteousness, your shoes, a piece. But then it switches To take up the shield of faith. Take the helmet. Take the sword. Clothing stays on, but I believe it's saying that faith, salvation, and the sword of the spirit, they are taken up on an as-needed basis. We're to take up the shield of faith. It's our first line of defense against the attack of the enemy. Think about that, that, the shield is meant to receive and protect you from impact. That's the first of the, the last three. And notice it says there, in all circumstances, take up. If you look at other versions, if you look at what the, the Greek is more accurately translated, it actually would say more so in addition to the previous. There's a separation that's saying put on this, this, and that, to take up the last three. And today we look at the shield of faith. Today's message is called, Get This Man a Shield. Get This Man a Shield. If you're familiar with the Avengers movie, the Marvel movies, you, you know where that's coming from. And so we've been watching different Marvel uh, clips for a minute to give you an idea of the armor that they're putting on. And unfortunately, you know, in Marvel, there's really no shields that you can think of that would go into this. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's obviously Captain America's shield, right? It's the most iconic, probably, battle weapon you can think in the Marvel history. And so we're going to show you a clip of not only Captain America fighting, but also Captain America fighting. What that means is they're going to fight against each other with their shields. This is a, a, I'm not going to explain the whole theme of Avengers Endgame, but he has to go back in time and fight himself for a minute. Let's check out this clip. I have eyes on Loki, 14th floor. I'm not Loki. And I don't want to hurt you. <clears throat> I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, It's a classic scene. The shield of faith is our first line of defense to protect us from the enemy, and uh, let's look back at verse sixteen. This is where it specifically shows the shield of faith. If you got your notes with you, you can pull those out. We also have notes on the Church Center app. You can look up that homepage, scroll to the bottom, and it shows the latest message. Ephesians six sixteen says, "In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts." of the evil one it is necessary in spiritual warfare to take up the shield of faith because it is a shield not only does it protect you from the dart it will extinguish the flames of the arrow you see arrows in that day they could be coated with a flammable substance designed that when it would impact, when it would hit its target, it would also burst into flames. So yeah, the the archer, they might not hit the person, they might hit the shield, but then it makes them want to let go of that shield. And you know when you let go of your shield, you become very vulnerable to rest of the attacks of the enemy. I love that Paul explains, not only will it take that impact away, it extinguishes any possible flammable substance, any fiery substance from harming you as well. That's the power of faith. It not only protects you from the impact of the dark, but it extinguishes. There's immediate temptation that we know we deal with in life, right? There are immediate, at random moments where the enemy hits you. But when you ignore that, when you embrace, when you push back with the shield, how many of you know that the enemy doesn't stop there? He continues to, to pester you and attack you and tempt you. And you have the shield of faith to extinguish the darts of the enemy. Paul is, is writing to the, in the Ephesians. He's also writing in Timothy. There were a group of Christians that were they're struggling. And the armor of God was in the first place. Paul is writing to Timothy to be cautious and aware of potential false teachers. He warns them of arrogance and greed among those teachers. And so I want to show you two times in 1 Timothy, Paul warns of the danger of leaving your faith. 1 Timothy 4.1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Departing from the faith. That doesn't mean that someone is incapable of believing. It means they've lost the content of what we as Christians should believe. It means choosing to forget or disregard the essential teachings of the Christian faith. There is a lot of deceit and, and twisted thinking out there that the enemy wants to pull us away from our faith. If you look two chapters later, Paul continues to explain some of the attacks that pull us away from the faith. Look at 1 Timothy 6.10. He says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. People have wandered away. They've drifted from their faith. Why? Why? Because of a love for money. And Paul says, don't pursue money. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith. So that you can what? So that you can continue fighting the good fight of faith. So that you can continue as a soldier for Christ. But you can't let go of the shield of faith. And expect to stay in the battle for very long. Hold on to your faith. Holding on to your faith, it might mean letting go of your faith in something else. It might mean letting go in your faith in your job, your savings account, a relationship that's not going the way you want it to. Now listen, there's there's nothing wrong with any of those things. There's nothing wrong with having a great relationship, of course. There's nothing wrong with having a, a bank account, a savings account, a good job. But if your faith is in those things... If your faith is in the doctor and medicine, when the medicine doesn't work and the doctor says we don't understand what's wrong, what happens to you? If your faith is in them, you've lost all hope. If your faith is in God, you know you still know that he's a healing God. Amen. If that relationship, that person who's been with you for years, if they let go and you're left with what you think is nobody, where has your faith gone? If you know that God is still a good friend and he is, your, he is your loving, compassionate father, you know that you're not abandoned. You're not left to yourself. You still have God. Amen. If the if bank account goes to zero, if you get fired from your job, you say, I'm sad that that happened. I, I need money. I need a job at some point. But I know that God supplies all my needs. I know what the word of God says over me. We keep our faith by holding on to the shield. The shield of faith. So the question is, what is our definition of faith? We're going to go to the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It's the best definition I can come up with. It says, "Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. This means that I have confidence of what I'm hoping for, And it's the conviction of what I've not yet seen. Number one today, faith is our confidence and conviction. Faith is our confidence of what we hope for. We have to have confidence because our faith is in God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11 that the only thing I can confidently say, the only thing I can confidently boast about is God who makes me strong in my weakness. People will say, I just can't do faith. I I can't do that whole blind faith in God thing. It's not blind faith. You may not know where God is going to lead you. You may not know the people that God's going to lead you to in your life. The step of faith is there, but your faith is not in those things. Your faith is in God. And you don't have to be blind to God. We see him in the Bible. We see the examples of his, his faithfulness towards us. So it's not blind faith because we know who we're putting our faith in. My faith is not in the doctors. I believe God can use doctors in medicine, just for the record. But my faith is in God. So faith is the confidence of what I hope to see. And this is a tricky one. It's also the conviction of the things that I don't see yet. This is the hard part. To have faith even when I don't see the results yet. To have faith of what I'm believing to see, what I'm hoping to see, but it's not there yet. That's why it's so important to know what we're putting our faith in. I have to know what's important, what's, what's worth putting my faith in, and what's not worth putting my faith in. And I'm reminded that this, of this every single time here in August, because we're about to go in the football season. And I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. And every year at this time, I say, this is our time. This is our year. I've got faith in this team. They can do it. They're going to win the Super Bowl. And what do they do every single year? They mess it up. They lose. There's injuries. There's all kinds of reasons. And I go to myself in the mirror and I say, you are not going to allow the Cleveland Browns to rob you of your faith and joy in life today. Does anybody else do that? They played, I don't know why they do this. They played on Christmas Day a few years ago. I went to the mirror and said, you are not going to allow the Cleveland Browns to rob you of a joyful Christmas day. Okay? You're going to enjoy Christmas today, even if the Browns lose. What are we putting our faith in? If we put our faith in the things of this world, the things that will fade away, we're going to lose hope when they dissolve, when they go away. Faith is the confidence of what I hope to see, and it's the conviction of what I don't yet see. I think my favorite example of faith in the Bible is the story of Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah. You know who that is? Yes, you do. You just know them by their other names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why is it that we remember them by their Babylonian, the names that pagans gave them? I don't know. Maybe it's just easier to say. We don't call Daniel Belteshazzar, but it is what it is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you know the story, they were were forced to bow down before a statue, and this was gonna be the consequences if they did not bow down. Here in Daniel chapter three, starting in verse four, it says, and the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, every kind of music, you are to fall down And worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace. The immediate repercussion of disobeying this command was death. This wasn't going to be, oh, well, you're you're going to be burnt, you're going to be branded. This is not an agonizing third-degree burn. This is execution by fire. This is being burnt alive. And yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego responded by choosing to not bow down, and they were reported. And this is what they said to King Nebuchadnezzar. Read this in verse, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach... And Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not... Be it known to you, O King, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I believe this was a statement in faith made of both confidence and conviction. The confidence that God is able to deliver, he will deliver. But also the conviction to say, even if he doesn't, we will still not serve and worship your gods. The confidence that God can and God will, but the conviction to walk by faith, not walking based on how we want God to answer our prayers, because faith cannot be based on a result or our condition or our feeling. Faith is a choice to fully rely on the character and the quality of our God. Faith is not blind trust because we know who we're putting our trust in. We put our trust in Him because He is the truth. His words are true. His promises will come to pass. How do we receive faith? It's by receiving truth. Our second point today is that faith grows, and it grows for works. I'm going to get to the works part later, but I'm going to start with faith grows. Before we know why faith grows, we need to know how faith grows. It grows when you receive truth. When you receive truth, when you consume the word of God, you are depositing faith into your heart. Remember two weeks ago we, we looked at the shoes of the gospel of peace, and, and remember we talked about Isaiah, who he said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Just not at me. Even if you weren't here, just make me feel better that you remember what was said in, in the sermon. Great, thank you, thank you. Just after that, Paul referencing it in Romans, he says this right after it in Romans 10:16. He says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. How does belief grow? How does faith increase? It increases by hearing and hearing. When you consume the truth of the word of God, you are depositing faith into your life. If you feel like you're lacking some faith, it might be time to get the Word of God out. You might be lacking some time in the Word of God, reading the stories of how He's delivered men out of the fiery furnace. He delivered Daniel out of the lion's den. How He saved, how Jesus healed the blind, restored sight to the blind. Faith comes as we read the Bible. We can't call it blind faith because we've seen the Bible and we've seen his faithfulness and his goodness and his holiness and his loving mercy. Our faith is built and it grows through reading the word of God. Now, when I say that, does that mean that you take the Bible out today and you read one verse or one chapter and you say, okay, I've got faith now for the rest of my life. I'm good. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Things grow through repetition. Things grow over time. If I were to to sit down here and do one push-up and get up and say, good, I'm strong now. I've got it. I could do it. I'm just not going to do it right now, but I could do it if I needed to. (laughs) But if I went there and I did 10 more... And next week, I did 10 more than that. And I kept going at a, at a repetition, growing my muscles. You don't get strong after one push-up. You don't get strong after one pull-up or chin-up or sit-up or whatever up that you have to do. It's always going up, right? There's more energy that you have to exert. Faith grows through reading and reading the Word of God, hearing and hearing the Word of God. If you're playing sports, you can't kick a soccer ball one time and say, I'm good. I'm ready for the game. You can't shoot one basket and say, I'm ready. It's over and over again. It's batting practice constantly. Repetition grows your faith. It's a muscle that you have to stretch and grow and exercise. Hearing the word of God over and over again. But not only does your muscles grow in faith, just to show that you've got faith, we then have to put those muscles to the test. What is our faith growing for? Read James 2.14. He says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body? What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Someone will say that you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. I will show you my faith by my works. It's a profound statement by James because in those days, those with a Jewish background, they, were, they had previously been doing everything they could to gain or earn their righteousness. And then they realized there was freedom, that Jesus came. They don't, they don't have to earn their way into heaven. But then they went the other way and said, we don't have to do anything if we are saved by grace through faith. And James is saying, no, no, no. You show that you have faith by the fruit of your life. That when someone says they're in need, that they're hurting, you don't say, sorry to hear that. Have a blessed day. Shalom, peace to you. You go and you actually help that person in need. That if you have to give financially and it stretches your faith, you're willing to do that. Because I'm going to show people that there's faith in God in me to bless other people. James is explaining that we... We can say we have faith, but if we never allow our faith in God to produce godliness and righteousness, then our faith is dead and useless. James gives the example of helping out someone in need. Our faith grows for works. And lastly today, number three, faith also guards for war. Let me bring it back to the armor of God here as we close Let's read Ephesians 6, 16 one more time. It says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take up the shield of faith. The faith is for guarding you and protecting you. We say that, but do do we realize that when we live our life? Faith is meant to be in front of us as a shield. We say that, but there's this question that's been going in my mind all week long, and I'm not going to ask like I have all the answers to it or I know everything perfectly about this, but I feel like maybe there's a difference between saying that we know the shield is faith and then we'll say that we are supposed to defend our faith. We've heard that phrase before, right? And I had this mental picture of of a shield in front of us, faith in front of us. But then we actually take the shield and put it behind us and say, here I am to defend my faith. And I feel like God is saying, no, I I don't need defending. I'm, I'm okay. The faith is for you to defend yourself from the attacks of the enemy. Now, when I say this, our faith is to grow. We're, of course, supposed to share our faith, right? We all know this. I'm not saying cower and hide behind this thing until Jesus comes back. But sometimes we get so caught up in conversations, in opinions, in, in, in profitless conversations and debates and arguments that don't really go anywhere. Instead of saying, well, the shield of faith, this is what I believe in the Word of God. This is where I'm lining up. If you don't understand... I'm sorry. This is my testimony. I'm not saying don't share with the world. I know Romans 1 16 says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. But how often do we get in these conversations that are in a cycle and we take the part of God trying to rationalize someone to Jesus, trying to reason someone to heaven, I think that's what Paul was saying in 2 Timothy right here. 2 Timothy 2.14. He says, Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Him- Him- is that right? Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened, they are upsetting the faith of some. But God, somebody say, but God, but But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. This is a powerful passage of scripture because this is a serious matter. At the beginning of this passage, it shows there is so much to lose. That if we take the focus off of the message of God and put it on the focus of human opinions and endless debates, what is the result? It says it can ruin the hearers. We have to be cautious of what we say, right? We have to be cautious that everything we say is founded in the word of God, not in our opinions or our bias. Because the things of this world will fade away, but God's firm foundation, but God's foundation, it stands, and it says, the Lord knows those who are his. It says, let everyone who names the name of the Lord move away from iniquity, get away from sin, have nothing to do with it. Choose the firm foundation of God. Worship teams, you come up as we get ready to close. Now, I think back to that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the king came to them, did they say, King, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. Did they get into a debate with them? They said, no, you can do what you want to do, but we're not going to bow to any statue. Why did they know that? because they knew the words of the Ten Commandments given from God to Moses, to the people that said, there shall be no other gods before me. They were standing in faith of what God had already said. And they said, our faith is in the confidence that God can, and he will. Can you imagine being in that place? Saying, I know God can do this. I know God will do this. But even if he doesn't, my conviction as I know that God is for me. Even if He doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. We're still not going to compromise our beliefs and our standards. And today, I think there are some of us that have been struggling with faith to believe again. And here's what we do when we say, when someone says, Do you have faith? Have faith to believe. We automatically, instinctively look inside of ourselves and say, Where's the faith? Where's it at? Faith does not come from looking inside of us. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. Faith comes from looking, setting our size up to the hills and knowing our help comes from God. Before we close, they're going to sing the song, Firm Foundation. And I'm going to do things a little differently. I'm going to do a pick-your-own-adventure type of response here. What that means is you have three options other than leaving, which I hope you don't do, but... The first option is to sing along with this song because it is very much in line with Scripture that Christ is our firm foundation. He's never failed. He won't. He won't fail me. Rain come, wind blows, everything can happen. My hope is set on you. That's your first option. Second option. We said that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Maybe there's a passage that you need to open on your Bible, on your version Bible app, whatever you have, and you need to let faith arise as you read the Word of God while we're singing this song. Third option is that maybe as, as we've been talking about faith, you felt convicted that you need to just connect with God in prayer. That as people, as they're singing or they're reading the Bible, I just need to sit here or stand here quietly and allow God to speak to me. Maybe there's been a barrier, there's been a wall that's been between you and your faith. And you need to break it through the power of Jesus this morning. Whatever it is, would you stand with me at this time? Singing, praying, reading the Bible. Would you take a minute before we leave to allow faith to arise in our hearts? God, we thank you that our faith is not blind because our faith is in you. We we set our sights on you today. Our eyes are on you, God. I pray that we would no lo- longer allow the, the berries of this world to stifle us, to take away and rob our faith. We don't want to be the people that Paul was talking about in Timothy, that they walked away from their faith. They walked away from their shield, that they are grounded in the word of God. I pray as we, as we close today, increase our faith to believe, to have that confidence and that conviction. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.